0: are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On NBA, your daily source for all things NBA from the Locked On Podcast Network. My name's Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network, joined by my colleague and friend at this point. I consider him a friend, Tony East. You can find him on Twitter at T-East NBA. Great coverage over at Locked On Pacers as well as on Twitter of his coverage of the Indiana Fever and the Pacers. Lots of Indiana coverage for you. Tony, great to be talking to you. Uh, not gonna lie, not thrilled to do this podcast because I did a 40-minute podcast with my usual co-host David Remill, and then Kyrie Irving came along and they told me that I can't curse on the show anymore, which is gonna make this episode difficult because as soon as I got done. Kyrie Irving opted in and, and negated forty minutes of our of our podcast. So I am excited to do this with you. I'm just I'm just a little tired of the Kyrie Irving story, Tony.
1: I am I'm very tired of the Kyrie story. I will I will say to the extent that that he deserves credit. The leverage play he made really did work. The Nets were getting a little scared. Kevin Durant might request a trade out. Ah, he's opted in all the time. He just wanted to see what the Nets were going to do. No biggie. Can the Lakers actually sign me? No, they can't. Okay, I'll stay with the Nets. Good job by Kyrie Irving, even though it was super annoying and a really, really annoying thing to have to read every day for three straight days.
0: I don't think we're done. We'll get into why here in a minute. We'll about <laughs> like the Kyrie Irving situation. We'll talk about... What's well, it's the latest on the Jalen Brunson pursuit by the New York Knicks. We'll also get into the decision by John Wall, who agreed to a buyout with the Houston Rockets and is headed to the West Coast. We'll talk about all that and more on today's show. do want to thank you for making us your first listen each and every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, where you can catch the show and you can join in on the fun and see us live, talk about it, and see my stressed face as I have to deal with all this nonsense. So let's talk about Kyrie Irving. Um, all right, here we go. So, so I did this whole podcast with David and we talk about like the Kyrie situation, and the standoff. Cause this morning, Brian Windhorst is like, it's a standoff between the two sides because the nets are like, you can't come back on the same agreement that you had. And Kyrie Irving's like, I want to come back on the same agreement that I had. And Kyrie's like, I'll leave. And then all the other teams that have cap space are like, no thanks. And all the teams that Kyrie actually wants to go for, they don't have cap space to sign him. Except for the Lakers who have like a $6.4 million mid-level exception. And so Kyrie was like, maybe I'll just sign the exception. He was never, ever going to sign that because it's 37 million dollars and so he opts into this this contract and everyone's like "Ah, it's done and let me just i'll just go ahead and read the tweet from john Trania so that i could get more mad about about this entire thing um here's here's the deal Brooklyn Nets star Kyrie Irving is opting into his $37 million player option for the 2022-23 season, the Athletic and Stadium has learned. Irving is bypassing on multiple opt-in and trade scenarios to fulfill his four-year commitment to the Nets and Kevin Durant. From Kyrie Irving, quote, Normal people keep the world going, but those who dare to be different lead us into tomorrow. I've made my decision to opt-in. See you in the fall, A11 even. Okay. Okay. Nothing about his quote makes sense. Nothing about his quote. Like there is nothing. It's gibberish. It's absolute gibberish. There's nothing to it. Absolutely nothing. But the bigger thing here is the question. Here's my question for you, Tony. The Brooklyn Nets basically went in the offseason, and we're like, hey guys, um, we tried this whole like you guys run on the team and you pick your coach who you said actually wasn't your coach. He's more of a consultant, and you get to pick the roster, like we signed DeAndre Jordan. Not really sure why, but we did. And we got Blake Griffin and LaMarcus Aldridge and all these guys that you wanted. And you said you wanted Harden and we can't and we got him. And then he didn't like that Kyrie wasn't playing and Kyrie didn't, you know, play. And now Harden's gone and we have Ben Simmons who hasn't played in two years. Um, Maybe we should just try being a normal franchise for a while. And then pretty obviously Kyrie Everett didn't like that idea. Didn't like that plan. Wants to be able to do what he's done, which is say that he's, you know, a player for the Brooklyn Nets, and then not, you know, play basketball half the time. Um So he opts in. Why is this being treated as if Kyrie Irving is the one making a decision on whether he gets traded or not? Because now the Nets have a guaranteed $37 million contract that they can move in trade for a franchise point guard. This does not remove the trade possibility if the Brooklyn Nets decide that they don't want any more of this nonsense with Irving, right?
1: Uh to the to the exact question you ask, no, it, it it does not remove the trade option. They absolutely could still do it. The only reason his threat was was largely credible is that the Nets were like, okay, it makes you know if you're not back, fine, that's fine. These last three years have sucked for us. Like that's basically what Windhorse said on TV is they were like, you know what, the last season was hell for us. If you want to leave, go ahead. That's better for us. We'll lose you and Kevin Durant. That's fine. So no, I do not think. It's unfair to say that. I think that's a totally credible way to look at it is that the Nets could still say, you know what? You're on an expiring contract. We might lose you for nothing next summer anyway. We just saw that you maybe don't even have that much of a commitment to us. Maybe we will try to move you. That said, that said, he does say he wants to fulfill the initial agreement and he's very close with none other than Kevin Durant who is a big part of this whole Nets plan that they had in the first place is getting Kevin Durant I don't think you want to make Kevin Durant mad in the middle of a season unless that season is going very poorly. So I think that if they play well at all next year, I don't think they'll trade him just because why not ride out a year with Kevin Durant? But I do get why now that he's opted in, and it's really easy to do with him on an expiring deal. They would still consider dealing him as an option. So the Nets are out now a crossroads. The ball is definitely in their court
0: here where they have to decide basically – is Kevin Durant worth anything? And what I mean by that is not like is he worth, you know, anything at all. It's more of is any pain acceptable if you have Kevin Durant? Is it sure Kyrie hasn't played more than 70 games since 2017? And sure, he's basically left two franchises in rubble in the last three, maybe three after this season gets done. And sure. Uh, probably not going to get vaccinated. So if there's another surge, guess what? We're going to be back in the same situation again. Uh, but if Kevin Durant says, as long as Kyrie's here, I'm not leaving. Is that worth it? Do you just put up with everything? Does everything that you've said about wanting to regain control of your franchise, to want to reset and maybe actually run like a, you know, a basketball franchise, is all of that negated just by the, we're not losing Kevin Durant. We got to keep Kevin Durant. That, to me, I think is a key
1: question in front of the Nets right now. Yeah, apparently they were willing to lose Kevin Durant before he opted in. So, you know, the the zoomed out view or the thousand foot view from people who aren't working for the Nets, living with the Nets, whatever, is yeah, of course you keep Kevin Durant. He's Kevin Durant like the 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 trade Kevin Durant stuff got to like the the first iteration of what that discourse would have gotten to today, and everybody was rightfully saying like guys, he has four years left on his contract. Like, this is the trade. This is the biggest trade ever if this happens. Like, rivaling Anthony Davis and Paul George. Now, that that's probably not going to be on the table because he'll be 35 next year when it does happen. Whatever. I don't care about that. But he's that good that, like, the trade package would have been the biggest ever. That's the kind of headache. Apparently, the Nets are saying Kyrie causes is They'd rather just have the stuff than deal with it. So, uh, yeah. I and mean, apparently, that, that consideration is certainly something for the Nets, which is fascinating to me. But I still think, you know, they signed these two guys at the same time for a reason as a package deal. Going back to the All-Star game, and what was that, 2018, the infamous two-max slots video? I know it's going to suck for one more year, but I still think they're going to they're going to try it with Ben Simmons and roll it out. I think that's probably their best option, but I, again, do not live with the Nets, work for the Nets, and know how, how terrible it has apparently been for them.
0: I reported on the podcast that we recorded today that I have to go delete after we do this one from (laughs) YouTube. Um, I one of the things I reported was actually that the Nets had told people because as you can imagine, (laughs) the Nets are like, Hey, we're taking your Kyrie Irving calls and a bunch of people were like, Hey, and they're like, the Nets are like, all right, what do you want for Kyrie? And they're like, yeah, no, we'll get to Kyrie. So about Kevin Durant. (laughs) Um, are you, is he, are you shopping him? Is he available? What do you think about? Like, basically, everyone was just like, hey, how about Kevin Durant instead? Because, you know, he's Kevin Durant. Um, but the Nets apparently, from what I've heard, had basically said, we're not dealing with the Kevin Durant situation until we saw the Kyrie Irving situation. Now, what's interesting, I'll say this, what's interesting is that despite all this, word had also gotten out in league circles. And look, I want to be very clear on this. I have not talked to Phoenix and I have not talked to Brooklyn. So this could be nonsense. There's a lot of stuff that just floats out there and is nonsense in the NBA ether. There was a feeling amongst multiple people I've talked to that know things around the league that Kevin Durant, if if he chose to leave Brooklyn, would likely be interested in the Phoenix Suns. And this to me is like a really interesting like question now. If you're Kevin Durant and you're looking at this and like this whole mess, like I genuinely am interested in this question of like what Kevin Durant's gonna decide here. Is he going to stick it out with his buddy, Kyrie Irving, who basically, you know, bailed on him for half a year and has been the cause of all this headache and problem? Because it's like you can – and Kevin Durant has said, like, we're still going to be friends, and I respect that. Like, that's good that you can have the viewpoint of, like, look, the basketball size whatever, but we're friends. You also don't always want to work with your friends. So I'm very curious to see what Kevin Durant decides to do in this situation. I agree with you. The most likely scenario is that Kevin Durant's like, oh, yeah, Kyrie's here? Yeah, No. Forget it. This is back to plan one, baby. We're, we're back in Brooklyn championship or bust. It's just, I do wonder if enough damage has been caused. I don't know if this is reparable. I just, I imagine maybe it is, but it's going to be one of the weirdest, most awkward situations ever. Not only with, with Durant Irving and the organization, but with the rest of the roster, to know like this thing is unstable and we don't know what's happening and the Nets, like the team wasn't happy. Um I just don't know how much of a stable situation this could possibly be considered for the Brooklyn Nets. Even if they, if they decide to, I guess, backtrack from all of their threats and just be like, Nope, one big happy family now.
1: Yeah. They, they kind of have nothing, right? Like Patty Mills still hasn't opted in. Blake Griffin's probably gone. He wasn't good. LaMarcus Aldridge, maybe gone. Who knows? Paul Millsap got traded in the middle of last season. Like, Joe Harris is maybe back. Okay, there's one guy. But, like, all these dudes that were the Nets (laughs) these last couple seasons, Dragic, who knows what's up with that. Jordan got traded and waived midseason. Like, who the heck's going to be on the Nets? (laughs) You know, like, what what is their stable situation that Kevin Durant and Kyrie would even be playing on? That's still a TBD kind of question for that team. Yeah, I think the likely thing, that, like you said, is those two – stick it out finish this season and next summer I think will be more dramatic for this team amazingly because <laughs> okay. Kyrie will be on an expiring contract but we'll see I mean they they if they even start like three and five <laughs> we could be having these conversations again uh, not too um, long into the season. I'm just going to mail Sean Marks a bottle of whiskey I'm gonna, <laughs> every day. I'm going
0: to mail like monthly. You know how there's like fruit months, baskets. Can you do like a whiskey basket? you whiskey basket. <laughs> That's what the man needs. All right, let's take a break and we'll come back and we'll talk about uh, some other free agency news around, including Jalen Brunson and the possibility of him heading to the big apple to be the other star point guard in New York. We'll do that when we come back on locked on NBA, but first, You know, you may not be able to count on Kyrie Irving, but what you can count on is Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's impossible for your local auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. Why endure pointless or intimidating questions about which part you need While the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand that they've got available in stock in the store, you've got computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. You save time and money at Rock Auto. They're a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every customer. So no matter who you are. So if you're Sean Marks or Kyrie Irving, you get the same price. It doesn't really matter. If you're a professional or do-it-yourselfer, you get the same price. And they've got everything you need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car, or truck. Right, locked on, and their Hadji had you hear box so that they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need at RockAuto.com. We'll be right back on Locked On NBA. Back here on Locked On NBA with Tony East. I'm Matt Moore. Thanks for joining us, and thanks for making us your first listen each and every day, Tony. Talk about Jalen Brunson because if I talk about Kyrie Irving anymore, my head's gonna explode. <laughs> um, all right, so I think this story's fascinating. Let's rewind trade deadline. Okay, month before the trade deadline, really January. There's talks about like, oh hey, the Mavericks are probably gonna move Jalen Brunson because that's like their only movable trade piece. If they're gonna upgrade the team, it's gonna be Jalen Brunson. And what happened was all those conversations about teams with Jalen Brunson turned into, hey, what do you think about Kristaps Porzingis instead? And that's how Kristaps Porzingis winds up on the Wizards. And then at the dread deadline, instead of trading him, the Mavericks shut all that talk down. And they basically indicate to the sources, they make this very well known, we're going to re-sign Jalen Brunson, he's our guy. They go in the playoffs, Jalen Brunson is basically helps them get past the Jazz. Like He wins game two before Luka gets back. Luka wasn't really great in the rest of that series. Jalen Brunson, however, tore up that Jazz drop coverage all series long, tore Donovan Mitchell to shreds. And they walk out and they get their first playoff series win. Now, in the subsequent series versus the Suns and then versus the Warriors, Brunson wasn't as good. But he was still good enough that after the Warriors season, Mark Cuban comes out and says, we can pay him more than anybody. Resigning Jalen is a priority for us. He's gonna be a maverick. There's a lot of confidence. Everybody expects that. Flash forward like a week, like this is beginning of June, right? The finals are underway. And I hear that there's a number the Mavericks won't go beyond that's the rumor I heard was that there's a a number that the Mavericks are basically like, we will not go past this figure for Jalen Brunson. And they thought they could get it done to the point where a week ago on June 21st, we're recording this on the 27th at night on the 21st, Jake Fisher from bleacher report says Jalen Brunson has talked to teammates and told them it's done and it's finished. And he's going to be a Maverick. And it sounds like everything is fine. And then the draft happens And what happens is New York clears $18 million in cap space by moving Kemba Walker and clearing off the picks that would have taken up the necessary slots on their roster. So now the New York Knicks have the option of giving Jalen Brunson a four-year, $100 million contract. And tonight on a call-in episode of Don't Aggregate This with Jake Fisher, Fisher reports that all of a sudden it sounds like the New York Knicks are going to get Brunson. Now the Knicks had hired Brunson's father, Rick Brunson, as an assistant coach earlier. And everybody was like, Ooh, that does not seem like a coincidence. Um, I will say that based off of the information, I was more surprised to hear last week that it was like, no, no, he's still gonna be a Maverick given that I had heard like, Hey, there's a number. If you tell the New York Knicks, there's a number, they're going to go past it. Like it doesn't really matter what it is. It could be a tootsie roll pop. And you're, and you're like, Hey, the, t- the price for this hits your I will not pay more than 30 cents for. The Knicks will storm to the counter and throw down a dollar and be like, I'm buying this for a dollar. That's what the New York Knicks do. So my question for you, Tony East, who is more in more trouble right now? The Knicks, if they sign Jalen Brunson to four years, $100 million? Or the Mavericks, if the Knicks
1: sign Jalen Brunson to $100 million? Wow. I will go with the Knicks. Um, But that is more based on my opinion of Brunson than anything, I would say. And I will start by saying, I think Jalen Brunson's really good. Like, that series he had against Utah was awesome, put-you-on-the-map kind of stuff, good playoffs in general, really talented player. I think that he is best suited as a secondary off-ball attack-a-bent defense player. That's a very valuable player. That's a very valuable player in the playoffs. You giving a guy $100 million, as the Knicks in this case, are not paying him to be that. And maybe R.J. Barrett gets really good really fast, and he he is that for the Knicks. But it seems like they're asking him to be a little more than that, just based on their team construction, the moves they made at the draft. Again, I like Jalen Brunson. He's not that kind of player to me. And even without Luka in the regular season last season, shot worse from the field, shot 10%. I am not... Typoing this. He shot 10% worse from three with Luka off the floor than on for the Mavs this past season, right? In general, stats drop 3.2 assists per game with Luka off. Like he is kind of a primary guy, but it's a lot easier to do what Jalen Brunson does when you are the secondary guy. So if you're the Knicks, maybe it fits. He fits really well with Barrett, and I'm just saying dumb stuff. But if you give him 100 million and he can't be your primary, you're kind of stuck. In what your team construction is, you've locked up a point guard for a lot of money that isn't really elevating your team. So, yeah, I think I think both teams kind of lose in that instance where the Knicks get him at that money, which is a really kind of strange way of thinking about it. But honestly, both teams kind of would would be worse off if it happened that way.
0: Yeah, because the Knicks, the Mavericks can't really replace it. I had heard the Mavericks right. were trying were trying to move Tim Hardaway Jr. And so I was like, ooh, maybe if they lose Brunson and they move Tim Hardaway Jr., they can clear some cap space. And I looked at no. their books. And I'm like, nope, there's still not going to be enough room for them to really do anything. No. Not really anything they can do unless they trade Dimwitty too. Yikes. So I will say this. Um, let's put this through the lens of like hyper skepticism. Let's put on our hyper skepticism goggles. Okay. Um, call them the Kyrie goggles. And, <laughs> and so what we see here is like, the Mavericks project, hey, we're not going above this number. So you better not, like, if if you want to stay in Dallas, it's going to have to be at this number. And then basically Jalen Brunson is instantly able to generate an offer that is above that number. There's nothing stopping the, the Mavericks from matching that. Like, this is a decision point for them. I will say, ultimately, if the Mavericks, this is this is a really rock and a hard play spot for the Mavericks, right? The Knicks are, like, impaling themselves on the rock the Mavericks instead are being placed in between the rock and the hard place because it's essentially, do you lose him for nothing with no real way to upgrade and have to get super creative in terms of trying to upgrade your roster around Luca? Or do you sign him for way more money than even you think he's worth taking on this asset? Like you can keep him. You only sign Jalen Brunson if you're just like this guy can win a champion. Like he could be the second best player on a championship team. That's the only way I can justify giving this guy a hundred million. I like Jalen Brunson a lot. I liked him last year. I like him this year. Uh, I don't even necessarily mind the figure, to be quite honest with you. Like, it seems like a crazy amount, but if you're projecting him to improve and you're like, hey, we're getting on the ground floor and we think he can be better. Okay. Like that that's that is a sound argument of like we're taking a chance on a guy if you want to say things like why would you do this the answer is when the raptors traded for kyle lowry lowry was just like he's a guy he's good with the rockets he's pretty good good point guard and then like lowry became quite literally the the franchise cornerstone like he is the player and i don't think he's gonna be that for the knicks jalen brunson's gonna be that for the knicks but at least puts that on the table what would be really interesting is that the mavericks do in fact break get called on their bluff, break, re-sign Brunson, and the Knicks now have all of this money in the market. That's when things get fun. That's that's <laughs> when the, that's when what I like to see is when the Knicks have to go to plan B from their plan A that isn't great, Tony. that That's when the fun starts for all of us
1: on NBA internet. Yeah, if you clear space for a guy, you better get him, right? Like, that's always the risky part of the game. Like, I saw a tweet that, and the point of the tweet was sort of accurate, like, Sometimes media does dunk on the Knicks no matter what the result is. But it was like, if the Knicks sign Brunson for a huge contract, people will roast them. And now if they don't, because they cleared all the space, people will roast them. And I was like, actually, yes, that's 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 going to happen. (laughs) Either way, that's going to happen here. It's just sort of how the situation is set up. But it could be that either the Knicks and the Mavs get roasted because Brunson, and and Brunson, by the way, and his dad. (laughs) Bravo. (laughs) Bravo. Well done. Get your bags. Um, Well done he's, he's going to get paid a lot by some team. Um, so is, are we going to be laughing at two teams, just one? How's this going to shake out? I have no idea. But it, it's going to be really interesting to see it play out. And I think the opinion you have of Brunson as a fan, as a team, whatever, is going to drive what you think of all this stuff. If you think he's awesome and can be that second guy on a championship team, great. You're going to be paying to willing to pay him whatever or see your favorite team pay him whatever. And if you don't think he's that guy, and I think he's good, but not quite that guy, I, I'm a little more hesitant on that deal. But that that's a big kind of – One of the dams holding back free agency at the start is where he ends up because if the Knicks have to pivot, that would change the market quite a bit on a lot of stuff. So uh, if you are a team with a player on the trade block that is not as good as Jalen Brunson, a.k.a. everybody but DeJounte Murray and John Collins, you are hoping that he signs with Dallas like two seconds into free agency, basically. That's a great point. Speaking of, we'll talk about DeJounte Murray and
0: that whole situation as well as there's a new point guard with the Clippers. We'll talk about that. When we come back I Locked On NBA, but first I want to say about Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest developments, including Major League Baseball, to get you through the summer. Look at those NFL futures and the WNBA. I love to bet on the WNBA. put a bet in on Chicago Sky this week, plus 400 to win the NBA or WNBA title. I already have bet the Los Angeles, Las Vegas Aces several times, and so this is my hedge. I think there's only two teams that can win the titles, Tony. The Aces and the Sky. That's my opinion, is that there's only two teams unless the storm suddenly get it together. Thank you. The storm, my pick okay. before the season started. I, I also had bet on them. Not looking great. They've been shaky in several areas. But if you want to bet on the storm or any of the other teams, go to Bet Online. They're also the fastest and easiest way to check on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. We'll be right back. Locked on NBA back here on Locked on NBA. Thanks for making this part of your day and your first listen each and every day back here with Tony. East. going to talk a little bit about some more free agency rumors before we get out of here on a Tuesday. Let's go ahead and start here. Uh, A reporter from WSB in Atlanta. Zach Klein reported on Monday that the Atlanta Hawks and San Antonio Spurs are progressing towards a deal for DeJounte Murray to be traded to the Atlanta Hawks. Curiously, this would not include John Collins, who the Hawks have been aggressively trying to trade for several weeks. Instead, it would revolve around Neil Gallinari and draft picks as the, Ma- as the Spurs look to refit towards the future. Some weird stuff here. Like, there's just some weird stuff here, Tony. Let's start with this. The San Antonio Spurs never, ever, 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 ever leak anything ever. They never leak anything ever at all, and yet... Somehow this is getting out, which makes you think as a cat climbs up on my chair because I got new cats, and they're learning their way around the house. Uh, the Spurs never leak anything, okay? This is a report from Atlanta. On top of that, DeJounte Murray? Guess who he's repped by, Tony? Do you know who DeJounte Murray's agent is? Is it, is
1: it perhaps uh, Mr. Rich Paul? It's Rich Paul! Guess who Trey Young's agent is, Tony? <laughs> I, I believe that is also a Rich Pop. You correct. <laughs> Once
0: again, we have another clutch takeover, I guess, trying to happen here. As we're well, we talking it a out. lot about clutch in this segment, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, um, I'm skeptical here. To me, this reads because the fact that's coming from Atlanta sources, though, leads me to believe it is coming out of the Hawks. If it's coming out of the Hawks, I kind of believe they're just trying to get their value up on get on Collins and Gallinari. To be like, hey, we were going to get De- DeJounte Murray and we weren't even going to give up John Collins. I, it's look, they traded Derek White, the Spurs did last trade deadline. So it's entirely possible that they really are going towards a full on tank job to try and get Wamanyama. I still have a hard time believing they're going to give up DeJounte Murray for Danilo Gallinari and like random pick assets from a likely playoff team. This seems weird to me. Does it seem weird to you?
1: Honestly, the the Murray thing at all seems weird to me. Very unspursy to go through it like this. But that doesn't really matter if it's spursy. Zach Klein, first of all, for those unaware, because he's not a typical NBA newsbreaker name, uh, in Atlanta has smoked every Hawks draft, right? Like he's on their picks, he's on their deals. I believe Matt's power just went out or something, so I will try to explain this while he sits in the dark. But he's all over this stuff. He kills it for the Hawks beat, so... I am inclined to give a lot of, of faith to this report, and I get why Gallo would be involved for salary reasons. If they trade every pick under the sun, perhaps there is a deal to be found here. But I don't think that you know this one's just weird for a lot of reasons. One, I don't get why the Spurs would trade Murray fresh. Well, okay, fresh off an All Star season, maybe his values as high as it's ever been. But you know, he was awesome for them last year. He's still pretty young. They're a younger team. That's a pretty crazy, uh, cho- choice to me. For San Antonio to think that way, and I get why the Hawks too don't want to be like, like you said, hey, we weren't even we weren't even going to have to give up Collins in this deal. He's got a ton of value. We don't think we want to include him in this Murray trade. So it's a lot of interesting angles and sides to this that make it fascinating. And I thought that the Collins Murray framework made some sense at least. Although again, for the Spurs, if you're trading Murray, why would you want a guy like Collins? Wouldn't you be wanting all the picks in the under the sun possible? Maybe the Gala package makes more sense in that case. So. There's a lot of overlapping factors to me that make this one a little weird, even though I do get the motivations for every side. Yeah, uh, I'm in the dark here, as you, if you're watching on YouTube. Because uh,
0: <laughs> there we go. Hey. There we go. Thanks to my wife for plugging it back in after our uh, six-month-old kitten no. unplugged things. Yeah,
1: so,
0: so it's a good time. Professional, professional. Uh, that's my name, Tony. Is a super professional. In other NBA news. How about John wall? So the Houston rockets
1: wow, finally agree to buy out a buyout
0: with wall after he sits around for a full year after the Russell Westbrook trade, uh, just hanging out in Houston. Basically they obviously transitioning to a younger core, giving Kevin Porter jr. And Jalen green, the reins wall hangs out, agrees to a buyout and almost immediately. And I'd, I'd heard this last week and I was dying to get it out and I could not get the article written because the draft, but he's going to sign with the Los Angeles Clippers. This makes a ton of sense. Uh, Kawhi Leonard for years has said that he wants the Clippers to get another point guard. I don't think it was that he didn't like Reggie Jackson because Reggie Jackson is Paul George's guy. I think they wanted to move Reggie Jackson to the two guard. And now you start wall. Oh, wow. Okay. And it's wall. Yeah. Maybe they won't start him, right? It might be Jackson and Nick Batum to start, but the idea is that you can play wall Reggie Jackson, Paul George at three Kawhi Leonard at four And you can go to whatever five option you want, either if he's a Zubach or a small ball option with Morris. Either way that you want to go, you can get there. So um, Wall, I actually think has looked pretty good in the scant minutes that he's played with Houston. I actually thought he looked pretty good. I think this is a quality pickup for the Clippers. They don't need shooting. They have a ton of it. So that's the only limitation with Wall is he can't really hit from three. He's not the same player he was, but he's a veteran point guard that knows how to manage possessions. He will absolutely keep your offense organized, and still shows an ability to make plays for others.
1: He's a sublime passer. I really like this pickup for the Clippers. Caveats abound that Wall is my favorite player ever. As we dive into this part of this discussion, but like for the Clippers, if John Wall is still fast with the ball, home run, home run, tax pyramid level pickup. Just to add a dynamic guard like that to that team that sometimes was lacking that sort of burst and speed last season, it. One of the few things that they lack. I mean, they're so talented. They're so good at spreading it out and getting good threes and good shots. Having a speedy guard like that to mix in with Jackson, with Terrence Mann, with who knows what's up with Kennard. But whatever their mixture of guards is, really good move for them to me. A really good fit. I get why they would naturally want to pursue this. And, of course, the the motivation for the Rockets is very obvious. They save some money. And I can actually talk about something really quick. Everyone's crying tampering. But John Wall after agreed to a buyout, is not under contract with the team. Teams can talk to him and negotiate all they want. That's not technically tampering. Of course, it's obviously suspicious. His buyout and new contract are for the exact same amounts. But he is a free agent. That is technically not illegal. So that's why this was able to be leaked prior to free agency beginning. I think it's a great move for everybody. The Rockets save the money. The Clippers get a guy I think fits really well. And that's a good idea, actually, now that I think about it. Pairing him with Jackson, if they wanted to start that way, they'd still have Man and Batum or the second unit and whatever other minimum guys they can scoop up. So yeah, this one's really interesting because John Wall has played like 40 games in in three 70 something games in like four years. But if he can be quick with the ball still, it's a great, great fit.
0: Every time that you hear about a free agency move in the, in the next four days before free agency begins, I want you to think of me just doing the, I am shocked, shocked. <laughs> Define tampering in this establishment. That is well how but, I am. But
1: I think I think like Woj and Shams are gonna have to be really careful this year after draft picks actually have been conceded the last two years. So I, when this one got out, at first I was like, whoa, and then I realized that John Wall is not actually under contract with the team, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's totally it's it's totally fine. It's uh, all
0: really dumb, is what it is. But yeah, it's all it's all silly. It's all. I mean, I just told you like there's already numbers being bandied about. Yeah, it. Like, yeah. this is all. This stuff is all being worked on, which. They, I will say, ten years ago, back in my day, uh, there actually was like a, a pretty general agreement that you would keep it quiet until July. It really was like pretty quiet, and then July first, you would have this like flurry at midnight, and and now it seems to be much more like,
1: um, you know, if whenever penalty, Monday. If the penalty is just going to be a second round pick, like yeah. If- I know that this is not what we're talking about, but that's not enough of a penalty. Like The team wins by getting the agreement done as soon as possible. The player yeah. wins by getting their money as soon as possible. The agent wins by leaking it and getting their big deal out as soon as possible. And the newsbreaker wins by getting the deal out. No one loses. It's going to keep happening.
0: Yep, yep, yep. All right, that's going to lock it, wrap it up for Locked On NBA. Thanks for joining us for my second edition of the day. Very excited for that. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, I'll be deleting the other edition on YouTube because, you know... uh, It's outdated now. But I want to thank Tony for filling in on short notice after a fever game. Tony, you are an absolute pro and the best. Thanks for filling in for David for us to redo this pod, buddy. I really enjoyed it.
1: Happy to do it anytime.
0: All right. Keep it here all throughout the week. John Corrales and Jake Madison will be around tomorrow on Wednesday to get you caught up on whatever the latest nonsense with Kyrie Irving, as well as all the NBA news and rumors. Keep it right here. Make sure to follow the show. Subscribe on YouTube. We'll see you guys again next time on NBA.